Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. Matthew chapter 24 is where we're going to be here this morning. And uh, we're actually going to be looking at a, at a very interesting uh, portion of Scripture. And uh, it's primarily... Uh, here talking about um, what is going to be happening, the sign that uh, Jesus was uh, going to be giving. And uh, as we've been covering this uh, portion of scripture known as the Olivet Discourse, uh, this is a sermon that's been sparked on because of two questions that the disciples asked. And the questions are, what will be the sign of your coming? And when will the end of the age be? And uh, as we've covered over the past few weeks, we looked at these six indicators that our Lord gives, these birth pains that tell us that things are getting closer. And uh, all of these events really stack up at the very moment, I believe, at the coming kingdom And I believe they are really parallel with the seals that you find in uh, Revelation 6 and the bowls and the trumpets. I believe all of those uh, parallel here with uh, Matthew chapter 24. So uh, there's nothing yet as far as mentioning about the rapture of the church. I know people have asked me already, well, when do you think the rapture is going to be? Tell you the truth, I don't know. Uh, The important thing is you need to be prepared, okay? Whether that means that if you don't know Christ, you better repent of your sin and turn to him and trust Jesus um, because it is happening. It's going to happen uh, from what our Lord tells us. Um, So these events really primarily have to do with the time of the tribulation that our Lord gives and I believe in the speeding up of these events, these, these painful events that are going to take place here. So uh, he gives them this big picture here in Matthew chapter 24 about what is going to uh, happen. And uh, he, he knows that uh, that's not really what they're asking about. He, they're asking about specifically what is the sign What is the sign going to be of your coming? And so he says, all right, if you want a sign, um, I'm going to give you one sign that's really going to kick this whole thing off. And uh, that's where we're going to be here in Matthew 24, uh, verse number 15 here today. So here's what I'd like for you to take away with you today. Understand what Jesus says and be prepared understand what Jesus says and be prepared. So let's take a look here at our text here, Matthew 24, verse number 15. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So he's given them some general signs, the birth pains at the very end of man's day that result in the birth of the kingdom. But now he's going to give them this triggering event that I believe that's going to set the whole thing in motion. And so this is absolutely a a, a fabulous verse. And and we're not going to really be able to go into all the detail of this verse because there's so much here 
because as it ties into the book of Daniel. And uh, we're not going to be able to exhaust its entirety here today, but um, it is a key verse, I believe, in understanding this transition from what he has talked about in uh, verses 4 through 14, and then the rest of the transition from verses 15 through 31. So this is the key event that he's talking about here that's going to set all of these things in motion. So now, why does Jesus tell his disciples all of these things? Why does he tell them about famines and wars and, and uh, signs from heaven? And why does he go through all the detail of telling them all of this stuff? Is it because uh, he's trying to cause them to worry or to be scared? No, I don't believe so. I believe that God cares for his elect so much that he wants them to be prepared and he wants us to keep our hearts set on Christ, following him, obeying him, serving him. And so for us, when we see this, we need to understand that we need to keep our hearts set on Christ and continue to follow him, continue to follow the gospel, continue to obey what Jesus has to say in his words. So notice the words here in this verse. He says, when you see... When you see, now he's talking here to his disciples, but this is future. He's saying, when you see, when this generation that is going to see this, when you see this, he says, you that are alive in that day, when you see this, you are going to know that you're in the tribulational time. Here's the trigger. This is the key event. You say, what is that event? Well, look at it. Verse number 15. When you see the abomination of desolation, when you see that, he says, you can understand that is the sign. Now, let's get a little further inside of this because I, I believe that we can understand, um, understanding what, what Jesus says here, we can kind of see where we're going with this. Turn over to Daniel chapter number 11. Hey, okay, Daniel 11. So here in Daniel 11, um, we have uh, some interesting things here. And Daniel's prophecy is that he gives is future. These are future things that are going to happen. Now, Daniel is looking towards the end, right? Now, in Daniel 11, we read here about a very important person who's going to come on the scene and we are going to call him, the Bible calls him, the Antichrist. And he's called here in Daniel 11, he's called the willful king. Why? Because he's the king who does his own will. He's the king who has no regard uh, for the God of his fathers. He has no regard for uh, other gods. He, he is going to do his own thing. And so he magnifies himself above all. Look at uh, verses 36 through 37. So Daniel 11, verse 36 through 37. It says, And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. He shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished for what is decreed shall be done. 
He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers or to the one beloved by women. He shall not pay attention to any other God for he shall magnify himself above all. He shall honor the God of fortresses instead of these. A God from whom his fathers did not know, he shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. So this man here, he is going to exalt himself. And in verse 38, he tells us in his estate shall be honor. And he honors the God of fortresses, the God of might and so forth. And so this is a description here of this great antichrist that's going to show up on the scene and he's going to create, he's going to commit this abomination of desolation. He's going to flaunt his dislike and hatred towards the true God and Christ. He's going to set up his own power, his own strength. There's, there's so much that you can read about this guy here. Um, and where he's going to come out of here in uh, Daniel. And I encourage you to read up on it, especially out of uh, Daniel chapter number two. We're not going to go into all of this, but I encourage you to read up on this stuff and understand what Jesus is saying because he says, let the reader understand. You can know what is going to happen as far as what uh, Jesus tells us. So the point is, this leader is going to arise. He's going to show himself as a protector of Israel. Because at this time that is looking towards the future, Israel is going to come under intense military power. The fact that all the world's powers are going to be coming against Israel. This man is going to show up and he's going to be a protector of Israel. He's going to say, hey guys, I got it all under control. Just listen to me. And he's going to make a covenant with Israel. He's going to make a pact with Israel. Israel is going to look to him as the great savior and he's going to make this pact. Well, then he's going to exalt himself as the God of all gods. He's going to exalt himself that there is no other God. He's going to be a willful king. And so when he wins that battle, he's going to commit this abomination of desolation. So during this time, Jesus says that when you see this, he says, those that are alive and living during this time, when you see when the elect see this, know that the end is coming and Christ is coming very, very soon. So if it's in our time or not, okay, we need to keep our hearts set on Christ. Don't lose the fact that you need to continue to follow Christ. In a world that we live in today, I believe that we are gonna continue to see more and more hostility against Christ true followers of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean for you? You need to continue to follow Jesus. Continue to take a stand for Jesus. Continue to love Jesus. Continue to follow Christ. Obey his words, obey his commands. Continue to follow after him. Don't lose focus of that. Keep your heart set on Christ. Here's the second thing. Don't be caught off guard by not knowing what is going on. Don't be caught off guard by not knowing what is going on. First year in college, um, I learned a very, very valuable and important lesson. And that was the fact that you need to read the syllabus. (laughs) 
Teacher shows up and says, okay, class, we're having a test today. What test? It was in the syllabus. You didn't read it? <laughs> you have to know what is going on. Don't be caught off guard. So let's look here back at Matthew uh, 24, 15. And we're gonna put all of this back and put it all together here. Matthew 24, we're looking just at this one verse, verse 15. Jesus tells us when you see this, this abomination of desolation, let the reader understand. Don't be caught off guard. So when you see the abomination, now what is an abomination? What is that? It's really a strange word, but basically it means that which is abhorrent, that which is detestable, that which is utterly repulsive to God. The word is primarily used to speak of things associated with idolatry. Um, it's used in Revelation 17.4 and uh, verse number 5 of the abominations of this false religious system known as the mystery of Babylon that uh, John talks about, the prostitute, the harlot. It's used in Revelation 21.37 where it talks about the fact that in the final heaven there will be nothing there that abominates. There's nothing that's going to offend God. And so the Old Testament predominantly associates that word abomination with idolatry. And uh, so these people that would do these idolatrous ceremonies and rites and rituals, they were committing abomination. It's used very strongly in uh, uh, Romans chapter number one. It talks about the people that commit these abominable acts, uh, men with men, uh, committing uh, homosexuality. It's an abomination to God. So uh, it's a word that has basically to do with heathen gods, idol gods, which are detestable to the one true and living God. Now notice in the text here, look what he says. When you see the abomination... So here it is, it is the detestable thing which desolates, which lays waste, which ruins, which desecrates. When you see this abomination that brings about desolation, it desolates, it brings about ruin, he says there's going to come a time then, a great event that is going to happen in which Israel, the future Israel, there will be an idolatrous act that is going to be taking place and it's going to bring about a desolation. And notice where he says this thing is going to happen. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing where? In the holy place. He says that holy place is going to become defiled and ruined. You see it there? The holy place. Now, what is the holy place? What is that? Some people think it's the land of Israel. Some people think it's the people, the nation. But what really is the holy place? Well, I believe it is the temple. And I don't think it can mean anything but the temple. You see, that's really nothing new for us because even in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about the holy place, the temple. Then you have the holy of holies where they would go in and offer the sacrifices in there. So this holy place was a place that was set apart. It was a place that was set apart unto God. And it was used for one primary purpose and that was to be worshiping God. 
And so uh, if you can remember uh, in the Old Testament there, uh, there was the first temple that was built. Remember by uh, who was the first temple built? Solomon, okay. Uh, so they build this grand, massive temple that's built for God. And then in 586, Babylon comes in, sacks the city, burns the city. They totally destroy the temple, lay it to waste. The nation of Israel gets carried off into Babylon. They're in there for 70 years. And then finally they get allowed to go back to Israel and they rebuild a second temple. And that second temple was the temple that was there when Jesus' time was there. And then Jesus foretold of that temple being destroyed. If you remember in Matthew uh, 24, he talks about not one stone being left upon another. That temple was destroyed in 70 AD when Titus came into Jerusalem and he ransacked the city, tore down the temple. Not one stone was left upon the other. So we don't have a temple now. There's not a temple there in Jerusalem. So in order for there to be a, an abomination of desolation, there's going to have to be a building, I believe, of a third temple. So that has to happen, I believe, in that, uh, in that way. Now, how do we know what this abomination will be? Well, look here again in verse 15, because it gives us a key. Look what he says. See it there? He says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by whom? The prophet Daniel. Standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So let's go back over to Daniel, Daniel chapter number 11. And let's look at what he talks here about this abomination of desolation that is going to take place. Uh, so here in Daniel, the prophet here, uh, verse 31, Daniel, uh, we have a very intriguing description of, again, this person that is going to come. And uh, I also believe uh, here, and, and I'll, as we get closer here talking about it, but I believe here in Daniel 11, not only was this fulfilled uh, one time, but I believe it'll also be again for a future fulfillment. So it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating chapter here. So Daniel chapter 11, verse 31, we have here this man that is described here. Look what he says here. Daniel 11 and uh, verse 31. He tells us this future event, okay, that is gonna come. Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and the fortress and shall take away the regular burnt offering and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. So Jesus says that there's gonna come this time, this event, when you see this person standing in the holy place, committing the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel, Daniel tells us here what is going to happen. The offerings are going to cease. So they're going to rebuild the temple. They're going to reinstitute temple worship. Okay? The Jews are going to be doing this. Antichrist is going to show up. And what is he going to do? He's going to make a pact with Israel. He's going to set himself up as God, and he's going to commit some type of abomination that is going to stop the regular offerings and he's going to commit this desolation there in the temple. 
Now, I believe just about every Bible commentator uh, that uh, I've looked at here, especially with Daniel chapter 11, all of them talk about this was fulfilled at one time, okay? Uh, And uh, this man named Antiochus Epiphanes, he was a Syrian king who basically reigned from about 175 to 165 BC. And he called himself the great Epiphanes, which means the great one. And so he really wasn't that much of a modest man. (laughs) I am the Epiphanes, right? I'm the great one. Uh, And so in verse 31, it says about him, because I do believe this was fulfilled, this man, this man, Antioch Epiphanes, that this did happen in history, okay? Daniel, I believe, is talking about this guy, but I believe also is going to be a future fulfillment in the future. So, uh, 31 here, he talks about this abomination that's going to make desolate. So who was this man, this Antiochus Epiphanes? Well, uh, we have him here talking about this abomination. And uh, if, you, if you take your Bible, okay, and if you go, can you find the part? Let's see here. Let me move it over. So if you have, if you go to the very, very uh, beginning of the book of Matthew, okay, And then, right before the book of Matthew, you have the book of Malachi, okay? Now, in between, on my, in my Bible, I just have one page, okay? Um, basically, it's a division of the Old Testament and the New Testament. From the time of Malachi's prophecy to the time when Jesus Christ shows up, you have 400 years that nothing happened, Okay? This is what we call the intertestament period. This is a time of the period where God was not necessarily speaking openly through prophets. It was, the word wasn't going forth in that way. And so during this time, there was a lot of things that took place. Um, how many of you ever heard of the books of the Apocrypha? You ever heard of that, right? Okay. Um, that's when the Apocrypha goes in between during this time. And those books, they are historical books about Jerusalem, about the Jews, about Israel's history. They're, they're not, they don't contain scripture. It wasn't God-breathed scripture, but it's just historical things. But what's interesting is in the Apocrypha, the books of First and Second Maccabees, you find and you hear about this guy named Antiochi Epiphanes. And what does he do? He commits desolation, He commits this abomination, and he actually does what Daniel says that he was going to do. And so scripture here talks about him coming, and that's exactly what he does. How does he commit this uh, desolation? Well, he basically comes in there, and he takes a pig, and he slaughters that pig on the altar. Now, if you're Jewish, that's really not a good thing, okay? That's like sacrilege, not only that, then, he, then he, they, the priests that were there, you can read about this, they find the priest and they cram pig meat down their throats. So this was like serious, serious stuff 
that was going on. So the temple becomes desolate. And so Daniel says that's what's gonna happen. That is exactly what happened. But I believe this is also a future foretaste of the preview of the final kind of sacrilege that will be committed in the end time. Now, in Daniel chapter nine, let's flip over there here real quick. Okay? Daniel chapter number nine because we're going to see some more things about this desolation. In Daniel chapter 9, the word desolation is used four times, and he talks about this. And so he's talking about here about this Antichrist. He's talking here about the desolation, what's going to be spoken of by Daniel standing in the holy place. Now, I don't want to have much time here to go through this, but I encourage you really to study Daniel chapter number 9. And, uh, but I'm going to whet your appetite just a little bit here this morning, okay, uh, for this. And, and we'll actually pick this up uh, next week. But in, in chapter number nine, Daniel has a tremendous prophecy about the history of Israel's redemption. And uh, pick up here in verse number 24. He talks here about 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city. Notice these words to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. Okay, so let's get the big picture here. Let's take a step back. Let's get the big picture. Jesus is talking about his coming. Remember, what is the sign of your coming? What is it going to be, Jesus? How are we going to know? What is the triggering event? He says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, you'll know that the end is coming very, very close. It's, it's, it's right there almost. And so Jesus is telling them about his coming. And when Jesus comes, what is he going to do? He's going to bring in everlasting righteousness He's going to put an end to sin. He's going to atone for iniquity. And he is going to anoint this most holy place. Jesus is going to come back. He is going to restore the kingdom of Israel. He is going to set his foot on the Mount of Olives. And he is going to rule and reign here on the earth. It's really going to happen. Do you believe that? It's not some future fantasy sci-fi thing. This is really going to happen. And so Jesus tells us here about this. Daniel points out these 70 weeks are decreed about your people. Now in this 70 weeks, most all Bible scholars agree that this 70 weeks is actually 70 weeks of years, okay? And so then he talks about these 70 weeks and then he mentions here about seven Okay, so what is 70 times seven, anybody? 490, okay? So we have a period of 490 years that he's talking about here. And he tells us here that these, these weeks, these 70 weeks of years, okay, are determined on the people Israel at the end which transgression is finished, sin is ended, iniquity is made reconciliation forever, everlasting righteousness comes. Visions and prophecies are sealed and the most holy Messiah is anointed. So 490 years, Daniel talks about, to the end. 
Now this is just gonna blow your mind. You ready? Okay. You say, Daniel tells us 490 years looking ahead into the future, okay? And that's exactly what did happen. We can look at when the temple, the, the, the first temple was destroyed, okay? 586 BC, they go off for 70 years. They go back to their land in Israel, okay? In the 440s, okay, Artaxes allowed the people to go back to their homeland and they rebuilt the temple. And so from the 440s up until Christ came the first time, guess how many years we have? 489, okay? This has fallen in exactly the way Daniel has predicted. So we have one more year that's a loose year. It's like a loose cannon. We don't know what, what's going to happen with all of that. Okay? And that's the, that is that seven-year period, which most people believe, okay, that this is going to take place during this time of the Great Tribulation. All the things are going to happen where the abomination of desolation is going to happen. Now let's continue here. Look at uh, Matthew, or excuse me, Daniel chapter nine. So you have this 70 weeks. Look at verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks then for 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a what? Troubled time. And after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood and to the end there shall be a war. Desolations are decreed. He shall make a strong covenant with many for how many? One week or what we believe seven years. Okay, that one week of seven years. And for half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. So God tells us here that these things are gonna happen. God has given us his word so that we would know what is going on. Don't be don't allow the truth of God's word to escape what he is trying to tell us, okay? Make sure you follow the teachings of the word. Granted, there's a lot of crackpots out there, okay? If you go on YouTube, you can find all of, all of them, okay? What should you be doing? Searching the scriptures, Reading God's word, applying the word to your life now, 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 okay? Don't be caught off guard what Jesus tells us. You say, well, when is the end gonna be? I don't know. But he does give us indicators. He does tell us these things so that we're not caught off guard. These words that Jesus spoke over 2,000 years ago 
are eternal words. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. God's word does not change. It does not pass away. He says not one jot or one tittle will pass away. So God's word doesn't change. We live in a world today that is always constantly evolving and changing. People's opinions are changing. Truth now is changing. People have different ideas of what truth is. But God's word never does change. And you have to follow the teachings of the word. Don't allow those things to just go by the wayside. So what do we learn from all this? Well, I believe that the words of Scripture are there for us to learn and sharpen our focus on priorities for the time in which we live. You know, we just, Martin just shared this morning. What, it, what, what should we be doing? Sharing the gospel. That's important. That's a priority. And so should we, we should be using the words of Scripture using what Jesus tells us to focus our priorities on what is important. And I hope that what is really a primary focus for you is your relationship with God. That you would be captivated and motivated by the love of Christ and that you would desire a continual relationship with Jesus and that you would follow and obey him. So what are we doing with our time and talents and where are we investing ourselves in the days that are ahead? Are we being prepared or are we just kind of sitting idly by just like, well, I guess we'll just wait to see what happens. You have to be prepared. You have to make sure that you're investing your time wisely. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.